0: Into the Woods is a web of twisted fairy tales, interweaving the plots of stories like Cinderella, Little Red Riding Hood, Jack and the Beanstalk, and more in ways you'd never expect. With music and lyrics by Stephen Sondheim, a book by James Lapine, and a notorious entry into the happy first act, disastrous second act pattern of musical theater, the show was nominated for ten Tony Awards. It's had several major revivals and a successful movie adaptation since then, cementing it as part of theater canon. Returning to the show to talk about it is Rachel Foster. I hope you enjoy our conversation about Into the Woods. Yay! And I'm so glad to be back. Yeah, what are we talking about today, Rachel? We're talking about Into the Woods. Every time someone says the phrase Into the Woods out loud, my brain immediately starts singing the song. Into the
1: woods, the path is straight. I know it well, but who can tell? Into the woods to lift the spell. Into the woods to visit. But the thing is. <laughs>
0: I also just do the dumb, and of the thing because like there's a hundred different versions of what they say after Into the Woods and I don't, don't know what lines go with what because I don't have this musical totally memorized. And so I just, it, there's no hope for me. It's also
1: just impossible to coordinate if you're singing with someone else which of the hundred different add-ons to Into the Woods you're both going to pick at the same time. So there's that.
0: This is a real problem that we have to solve. Sondheim has too many repeating lines and we need to parse it down a little bit
1: yeah i like speed listened to the soundtrack on my way here and basically it's just like four different songs that repeat with like infinite
0: different lyrics over and over again wait when you say speed listened <laughs> speed you, listened. did you listen to it on like two times X speed, or were you just skipping around? I, well, I would just
1: skip around. Um, I identified the songs that like I know have like the most hard-hitting life messages in them, and I just listened to those and then would skip through the rest of the songs. My method for life, honestly.
0: (laughs) But really, let's back up and talk about our background with Into the Woods. So like I just mentioned, this is a Sondheim show. Um, Sondheim has written many shows, but this is probably my favorite Sondheim, I would say. Mm. Um, It's a lot of fun and a lot of stuff going on, but how did you personally get to know Into the Woods? So the
1: first time that I'd ever heard of or seen Into the Woods was when I was a freshman in high school, Um, and we did this show as our spring musical, Uh, and it was absolutely crazy. Uh, As we'll get into soon, Into the Woods is set in like a kingdom, and it's about fairy tales, but I had a crazy theater director And he decided that we were going to make it a concept show. So what that meant was we were actually making a show about urban decay. Um, We were all homeless people living under and around a bridge. There was a car on stage and the people who played the main characters were all kind of like slightly delusional and living out this story as like a fantasy while the rest of us just watched from the rest of the stage.
0: What? (laughs)
1: It it really did
0: not make any sense. Wait, I'm trying to think of like was there any particular reason that Into the Woods was chosen for this idea, or did you just have this idea and you were doing Into the Woods and you put them together? I think they must have been separate ideas because all of the main characters
1: were wearing like what you would think of as fairy tale costumes the whole time, and it must have been expensive to get an entire car on the stage. So like it really there was no. Real reason why he would have chosen this concept over just the normal staging of Into the Woods, except that he thought it was cool, and it actually it was kind of cool,
0: um, but it also made no sense. I'm gonna be thinking about this for a while now because it's not <laughs> like I'm against experimental theater, but I'm just trying to see like what message this was trying to tell. When I was reading about um, Into the Woods in preparation for this, there was a strong contingent of people who interpreted it as an AIDS metaphor. Um, hmm. cause this was a show that came out in the 1980s and, um, as we'll get into later, there's a big plot point in the second act, um, that is pretty indiscriminate and in who it affects. And so that was seen, um, as a metaphor for this disease that did not discriminate and did not seem to have any, um, logical cause or, e- um, seemingly any end. Um, and Sondheim said that like, he respects everyone's right to like interpret it however they choose, but that was not the original attention. Hmm. He was not thinking of that when he wrote it the
1: one the one thing i can think of to throw my choir director a bone it might actually have been a work of genius because the show is very much about like thinking you know what you want and thinking like imagining all the ways that your life could be better and then getting those things and it not actually being all the time that much better uh, so maybe that's the direction he was trying to go
0: that is a really big part of the show i mean all of the characters from the very beginning to the very end are always singing about what they wish for mm-hmm. and they sometimes get their wishes in ways that maybe they weren't expecting, or even it was exactly what they expected and turned out to not be what they want. Um, and it, it really plays with this idea of, you know, be careful what you wish for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) I first experienced this show. Um, I don't remember how old I was, but my mom would just seemingly randomly, but I'm sure she thought about this a lot, um, would just put Hmm. musicals in front of us. And one of them was into the woods because, uh, it was recorded, at one point um, with the almost entirely the original Broadway cast, I believe one of the characters who played Cinderella, I think, was a different actress, um, but pretty much the whole thing. And it was, so it was just the this, this staged version recorded um, and now you can watch it and it's out there. Um, it's pretty good. It Bernadette Peters starts as the witch. Oh my gosh. I did not know who she was when I saw it. And now my like greatest impression of Bernadette Peters is I watched all of Smash recently <laughs> <laughs> and she plays this really mean mom in smash and so now when i'm listening to into the woods i'm like it's that mean mom from smash
1: <laughs> that kind of transfers really well because her role kind of is like the mean mom in the show as well
0: yeah except she's a really mean magical mom yeah and that's it worse gives her too much power <laughs> So then after
1: that version, which is also the first film version that I'd seen, I watched it like before auditions for the show. Now, as of a couple of years ago, there is another film version that is not just like a film stage. It's Meryl Streep and James Corden and uh, Emily (laughs) Blunt. I love the question mark after James Corden. (laughs) I was talking to someone about this the other day and I realized that I... The first, like, time I ever knew that James Corden was a person was Into the Woods, and then after that I realized that he also did talk shows, and I think that might be backwards. I think everyone else might have figured him out the other way.
0: I actually first saw James Corden on Doctor Who, so... (gasps) Wait! Oh my god, you're right! Wait, me too. Okay, I forgot about that. Yeah, he's just been popping up for a while, but yeah, he's really exploded in popularity in the last couple years. I think Mm. partially with this movie, it was a big driver of that. It was a great movie. Except, yeah, I have some problems with it. They cut some of my favorite songs, but...
1: It's also a really long show, so you you can see why they would have to do that. So much happens in this show. Oh, and Anna Kendrick. Sorry. There are like a thousand
0: stars in this yeah. movie. This is a really one... I think this is really... They went after the, like the Les Mis market of mm-hmm. cast a ton of really good stars and adapt this giant, sweeping musical. Um, and I think they did a good job. Yeah. I I would say in terms of adaptations, I would rank it higher than Les Mis.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, they, they at least picked... <laughs> actors who could all sing cough cough russell Crowe.
0: yeah that is for sure the casting was better Mm -hmm. in um into the woods (laughs) i mean people have different opinions about james corden but he did a very good job for the part i think everyone did a great job chris pine stars as the prince oh my god just the song agony is one of my favorite pieces of music of all time oh my gosh
1: so we're getting ahead of ourselves i feel like we should talk about what the show is actually about
0: I was thinking about this earlier, and it's really hard to sum Into the Woods up. I mean, you can sum up the concept very mm-hmm. simply, but I feel like like a show like Hamilton, even though a lot happens, I could really sum up the major plot points in the paragraph, <laughs> whereas with Into the Woods, I'm like, there's a thousand characters, and who knows? Yeah. I mean, the way that it was described to me as a ninth grader, which
1: I think is how it's described to everyone the first time, is fractured fairy tales, but that like does very little to actually get at the heart of what the show is about, I think. But yeah that's the premise is basically all of your favorite fairy tale characters um it's centered around a baker and a baker's wife um there's a witch there's rapunzel little red riding hood cinderella jack and the beanstalk just like there's a million people in the show
0: mm-hmm. yeah those are the central characters and all of their stories interweave together and so um over the course of the story, you kind of see all of them. Well, the, the driving narrative, I think, of the main plot line is the baker and his wife can't mm-hmm. have kids because they were cursed by this witch um, because the baker's mom wanted uh, greens from her garden. And so the dad stole the greens, which is part of the Rapunzel story. Um, mm-hmm. And so they, the witch stole a baby, who is Rapunzel, and cursed them. And then she sends them on this quest to go and find the cow is white as milk the slipper is yellow as gold wait this <laughs> wait slipper is pure as gold the slipper is pure as gold the hair as yellow as corn corn we should sing it i apparently i don't know it at all and that cloak <laughs> is red as blood
1: <laughs> do you want to sing it i was gonna sing it but now i don't remember which order they go in the cow is white as milk the hair is yellow is corn, the slipper is pure, it's gold. No, that's wrong. I don't know. I don't know, man.
0: The hair is yellow was corn, the slipper is pure. What are you doing here? You forgot I your remember skull. watching all
1: of the seniors in when I was a little little freshman in high school, um, just struggle. Everyone who had to sing that just struggled to remember what order they came in.
0: Wait, I have an important question. Did you mm-hmm. actually do the full version or did you do the junior version?
1: We did the full version. Wow. Yeah. And
0: I was in the
1: ensemble, so I just had to, like, kind of sit at different parts of the stage the entire show and watch the action and, like, be involved in it, which was pretty fun, but also, like, kind of tiring. I don't know. I remember by, like, the middle of Act 2, I'd be sitting on stage and be like, oh, my God. When is it over? (laughs) But, yeah, so Act 1 of this show is basically, like, all all of those characters acting out their fairy tales as you pretty much already know them interconnected in some like pretty brilliant ways and they all meet each other and that's really fascinating and then act two is a whole nother story and some people accidentally leave or on purpose leave after act one because um act one has a happy ending and sometimes if they're there with their kids that's all they want
0: yeah the junior version which i just referenced doesn't have act two at all and it <laughs> takes out a bunch of act one to make it more appropriate for kids It's show like half an hour long it's 50 minutes long. Oh my God. But I just have to share the most amazing story is people make a lot of jokes about like leaving before act two, if you have kids or, you know, a lot of times in musicals, act one's pretty happy and act two is pretty sad. And so it's like this act two effect, whatever. Mm. So my roommates last year, there, there was a local performance of Into the Woods that was on and I was actually supposed to go and then something came up and I couldn't go. And so they went without me. I think it was finals. And so everyone was pretty busy. So and they I was like, Oh, how was it into the woods? They're like, Yeah, it was a really good time, great, cool. And then it wasn't until <laughs> like a week later when something came up about this. And somehow I figured out that they left after act one <laughs> and they had never seen it before, didn't know anything about it. And ha- I think I referenced something about it being sad and they were like, what? Oh my gosh. <laughs> and they literally left after act one and had no idea what <laughs> happens in the second act. Oh my gosh.
1: Well, the story about that apparently is it ends with everyone singing into the woods and out of the woods and happy ever after. And what used to- that just used to be how it was. But then at some point, um, people really honestly thought that that was the end of the show and so they're leaving so they added um a tiny tiny to be continued so it goes into the woods and out of the woods and then there it just goes (laughs) to be continued and happy ever after um just so that people literally just
0: so that people would know that the show wasn't over yet because it really seems like it is that's really funny and i will say this was shared on our previous episode um with my friend roberto who she took his parents to see Rent and they like got up and left and went to the parking lot after the first act because I thought that was it. Oh no. (laughs) Because if you're not used to the like cultural institution of like first act intermission second act that most musicals are structured in there's really like you often just don't know that there's more like especially shows with the long first act. Yeah and you're like can we leave (laughs) now? But yes this musical is all about taking these stories that we often already know and think we know pretty well and um, both interweaving them in interesting ways and also turning them on their head Mm -hmm. as well as I I feel like I would say the two strongest themes are wish fulfillment and what happens once you get your wishes and parent-child relationships. Oh, yeah. That's Mm -hmm. a really big part of that. And they are never functional. Never. (laughs) Because then we wouldn't have a musical. Mm -hmm. Well, you were talking about the witch earlier. Do you want to expand on that? Yeah. So, um,
1: the witch is the witch of the Rapunzel story. Um, so the woman who, you know, decided to keep Rapunzel, who stole her from her parents and then locked her in a tower forever. Uh, and there are a couple just really dark songs in this musical where, as, as you said, they kind of turn the story on its head and you really start to feel for the witch because when Rapunzel, obviously, obviously you should not lock your children in a tower. We all know that. Public service announcement. (laughs) Public service announcement. Um, But, you know, like, we all know that Rapunzel gets out of the tower eventually and some terrible things happen to her. And you have the witch singing about, like, if, like, I was just trying to keep you safe and I just wanted you to stay in the tower where I could watch after you because of all these other terrible things in the world. And you do actually really start to feel for her as a character, which is one of the things I like most about Into the Woods is that you come out of it. There are a couple of characters that you just hate, but there are no characters really that you just love. Like a lot of them are characters that you would think of as bad that you find out have redeeming features, but there are equally as many characters who you think are like the heroes of their story who then have things about them that are problematic. So it really makes you rethink all of these stories that you think that you know.
0: That's a really good way to put it. And it, they reference that explicitly in several times during the show. There's lines like, um, I've learned that nice doesn't mean good. Mm-hmm. I was raised to be charming, not sincere. Is <laughs> one of my favorites. <laughs> um, different quotes from the witch about, I think there's one line where she says, I'm not good or nice. I'm just right.
1: Oh, oh, I love that one. Then there's, um there's a whole song called No One Is Alone. So, you know, overarching message right there Um, <laughs> where they say, witches can be right. Giants can be good. And that's just kind of a big moment for them as well
0: Mm -hmm. back to the witch mother relationship though well i guess witch daughter relationship (laughs) is it obviously there's a lot of parallels with um mother gothel from Mm. disney's tangled which is also a retelling of the rapunzel story but a lot more traditional and, and just rapunzel um but whereas with into the woods all these other things are weaved into it and um their relationship is very complicated and the witch is a complicated character mother gothel in the rapunzel story is like just bad just there's mm-hmm. no sympathy for that character whatsoever because you i think that even though the witch has done objectively terrible things to rapunzel and has restricted her freedom so severely you understand that in a really twisted way she actually had good intentions Mm -hmm. whereas with mother gotho like you see very clearly that there were never any good intentions right exactly and then we have so we have this model of a parent-child relationship that like is truly very abusive um and then we have more gentle versions of just like parenting troubles so at this point it's spoiler time because i want to talk about the baker and his wife and their child mm. so um they in the at the by the end of the first act have managed to actually get all of these items together and the witch releases their curse and they can now have a child and so Yay. they have this baby boy they got their wish right and but this is the thing i like about the start of the second act so much is all the characters get their wish that they had at the beginning of the first act and it's not like Oh they got their wish, but there was this terrible consequence or they got their wish in a way they didn't expect or something like that they just straight up got they what they wanted up got it but they discovered that what they wanted they didn't understand or that like just life is hard in general and fixing one thing doesn't fix all of your life's problems mm-hmm. so they have this baby now but like they're not basically the baker's just not a good dad and it was not good at like parenting this baby and that is because his own dad is missing
1: is it it is actually um yeah that doesn't uh come up in the movie which made me sad they just cut his father's character entirely Mm -hmm. but um in the musical there's basically this just random guy kind of running around doing odd and end kind of things in the musical and then eventually it turns out that he's the baker's father and they have a long chat about like why he left and it's pretty intense and they cut that entire song from the movie Which makes sense because it's kind of a side storyline, but it just goes to prove the show's, like, message of just, like, generations of bad parenting, I think.
0: The way that these cycles repeat themselves. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. It is pretty bad. And then, so you have, like, this baker who's just generally being a bad dad and, I mean, had, has issues with his own relationship with his father and i think the father who's lucid character listing is just a mysterious man yes <laughs> um but I, I believe the mysterious man dies at the end of the first act as well um in order for them to have this child which is a little bit on the nose on time but okay <laughs> uh, <laughs> this isn't the most subtle musical of all time nope but then so and so the baker's wife who doesn't have a name but you know so uh, the, yeah. <laughs> emily blunt so emily blunt I know, okay <laughs> So the baker's wife is really handling the brunt of this and of course is getting kind of mad about it. And but then over the course of the second act, cheats on her husband. So nobody's right. perfect. Oh. That that always
1: gets me because she's always like headed to the realm of being my favorite character who is not problematic at all. And then of course that happens. Which in um in my high school musical version, they that happened in the car and there was a stage crew person behind the car bouncing it. <gasps> what? And uh yeah. That's how that went down. It was super not appropriate. That's so <laughs> <it was> funny. <laughs> um yeah, but then after she cheats on her husband, which is terrible. PSA, don't do that. Um she sings this whole song where she realizes that like now her her kind of thing is that she wants to get the thing that she wishes for so that she can like know whether or not she likes it and she kind of has this moment where she's like well now i kissed a prince and now i'm like perfectly happy to go back to my husband and my child like knowing that there's nothing else that i want in the world like besides them which is a sweet except you know she cheated on her husband and is immediately punished for it
0: yeah and guys mentioned um heavily implied more than kissing is going on in this scene oh (laughs) Heavily implied. I don't think there's actually any like stage directions of this sort, but the next song is just all about I kissed a prince, and I'm like, did you? Did you? Is that all? <laughs> so
1: then, along the lines of classic Romeo and Juliet, sex equals death for women, um she finishes singing about the prince, and then she is uh, stepped upon by a giant.
0: Yeah, this is the thing that's happening through the whole second act. Is it's a bit messy, um, against, there's so much going on in the show, but Jack of Jack and the Beanstalk fame, I mean, is going up and down this beanstalk for the whole <laughs> it's just, musical and at one point kills a giant and then the giant the, so I guess like the giant's wife, um, comes looking for revenge and mm-hmm. basically just starts killing people and ends up killing most of the cast by the end of the show including
1: the narrator which is my favorite ever example of fourth wall breaking
0: (laughs) it is incredible yes there is a scene in which so there's a narrator the entire time i'm just standing off to the side listing things about the whole show which i think i mean they don't really have that obviously they don't have that function in the movie but i think that like james corden as the baker fills Mm -hmm. some of those some of those lines when they really wanted to have a narrator's voice yeah and then they're the characters are trying to figure out who to feed to the giant basically (laughs) and then they're like wait there's a guy narrating over there let's get him and they're like we don't like how you've been telling this story let's just feed him oh my god yeah so the narrator gets gets dead lots of people get dead but that's this whole thing that I mentioned earlier about indiscriminate death um, and the way that some people would interpret that as an AIDS analogy. Mm-hmm. Well, we've gotten this far mostly talking about characters and story, but we haven't really talked about the music yet at all, which <gasps> is a little bit important.
1: The music in the show is straight up incredible.
0: It is very, very good.
1: It's I'm- an acquired taste, I think. It's very confusing. It's not like typical... It's not your typical chord progressions in any way or like your typical melodies, um, but it's so worth it.
0: Yeah, there is that. And then on the other hand, like you said before, it's kind of four or five songs over and over again in different ways, Mm -hmm. put together in different ways. So like once you listen to the prologue, which is like a nine minute song, (laughs) you kind of have experienced most of the music for the whole show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But then, of
1: course, there are some like some... Standout numbers like "Agony," which you know, in true Sondheim fashion, happens twice. There's a reprise, of course. um And the song that Little Red Riding Hood sings, which I I think called "I Know Things Now." Basically, like there, there are a couple songs that stand apart from this like constant repetition of the same melodies over and over again. Yeah, but yeah, it's like "Lame Is," where even though the same songs are happening over and over again with like. A little bit of variation it still is an incredible show and by the end you have all of the songs in your head all at once all of them all of playing them. over each other <laughs> yeah my favorite song in this musical is called your fault uh, and it's after the baker's wife dies all the remaining characters are kind of arguing over whose fault it is that all of these crazy and terrible things have been happening um and it's just like so intricate and clever and you can't really describe it because you really just have to hear it it's people talking over each other people momentarily thinking that oh my god it is my fault and then realizing that there's something that made them do that thing that someone else did and it's just a giant mess and there are a million words a minute and it's just completely broken. Yeah.
0: You pocketed the other bean. <laughs> I didn't. Yes, I did. So it's no, it'sn't, because I gave it to my wife. So no, it isn't. It, is it? Wait a minute, she exchanged that bean to obtain your shoe, so the one who knows what happened to the bean is you. You mean that old bean that's your wife? Oh dear, but I never knew when so winter, but well, don't look here. See, so it's her oh, it's, it's fault. It I feel like I mean you could speak to this, I guess, but it seems like a very difficult show to perform in a lot of ways i remember again watching
1: like all of those seniors when i was a freshman practicing this song and other songs and just like having to sit around a piano like snapping and just going like over and over and over again because there are so many like short outbursts by like one person or another that are fit into kind of like the very small spaces in between someone else's talking and it's it's so intricate and so difficult to learn to perform but once you like know it and you do perform it, it's like such a rush.
0: I can see that. Yeah, it feels like an actual achievement. (laughs) You also performed a song from Into the Woods in one of our show choir concerts, didn't you? There have actually been a
1: couple. I didn't realize until I was listening to the soundtrack today that I think I've done like three. I created a mashup of one of the witches' songs with a song from Notre Dame, The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Um, because, you know, being trapped somewhere and wanting to go outside, but someone not wanting to let you. We did No One Is Alone a couple of years ago. And we also did Ever After, my freshman year, which is the very last song of Act One. Um, and it's very tongue in cheek, but you don't realize that until the events of the second act, because it's basically just like, everything's done, everything's better forever, everything's going to be fine. We all got our happy endings, go us. And then almost immediately, an Act Two starts and everything goes to pieces
0: narrator voice everything was not
1: fine (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: the joke is funnier because there's actually a narrator right (laughs) to be continued and happy ever after oh my gosh speaking of which the second act also ends that way
1: except and you like think that everything again at the end of the second act has been like it's gone a lot worse but it's been sorted out to some extent um and then they all sing happy ever after And then there's a beat and Cinderella just goes, I wish. And you're like, no, because that's how we got into this mess is with all you people wishing. Like we thought it was all solved. And so it's kind of just like a very cyclical show about like life, kind of. You want something, a mess happens, you solve it. And then you're like, I want something else. (laughs) And it just goes on and on forever.
0: I mean, that's, yeah, it's a pretty accurate summation. It's a very dark show. It's not a family show. It's not a family show. Well, I mean, I think everyone
1: could learn something from it, but if you're going to it expecting it to be, like, frozen, it's it's not.
0: I want to stress again that my mom showed me this when I think I was a child. I really don't remember <laughs> when, but, you know, it's fine. Also, again, the first act is pretty, like, if you do want to show it to kids, the first act is pretty solid, I think. Mm-hmm. I think it's also one of those shows
1: that like, one day when I'm a parent, I'm going to watch it and be like, oh man, <laughs> oh man, it's going to feel completely different when I'm like on the other side of all the parent-child kind of relationships in this show.
0: Yeah, that's the thing I think about a lot with musicals, because mm-hmm. of course, the, since this is one of the most universal uh, things that we have in life, is so many shows deal with parent-child relationships, and mostly the ways that they go wrong because it's yeah. a musical, and So it's so, I I think about this all the time is like, if I ever have kids, I'm probably going to look at all of these shows completely differently. Mm -hmm. Because right now we're like the Rapunzel's and we're like, let me out. So not necessarily that we'll see the witch's side, because I cannot stress enough how like genuinely terrible, but you understand a lot more complicated emotions for the entirety of the show.
1: Yeah. Like we're going to go from being like, just let me be my own person in the world to having children and be like, oh my God. If you go outside, you'll get hurt. If you go outside, you'll die. If you go outside, you'll die. You'll get pregnant and die.
0: My name is Regina Church. What's interesting with Into the Woods, in terms of going back to music for a minute, I think that the sound of Into the Woods is very distinctive, and I think it's a pretty well-known musical in a lot of respects, especially with the movie. But it doesn't really have any of those iconic numbers. Right. Like I couldn't just—it's not
1: like Dear Evan Hansen where you can be like waving through the window. Waving through a window, <laughs> is the real title. Um, yeah, you kind of—you can't just look at this musical and
0: be like, this song is the thesis statement. And it doesn't have anything that kind of reached beyond the musical. I think like mm-hmm. there's so many shows that have songs that I mean whether they become like mainstream. Songs like um, Defying Gravity or Seasons of Love or just have things that transcend the musical itself like Phantom of the Opera that people sing out of context whereas I don't really think that that happens with songs from Into the Woods which I think partially goes back to like they're all so interconnected you don't have as many distinctive um, melodies and themes that go outside the context of the show. Right, exactly. Except for maybe Agony which is a work of You know I do. If you haven't seen you. the movie, I highly but recommend at least looking up more. the agony scene because it is so good. There,
1: there are very few moments in a movie theater when I have like actually cried, laughing, and been like, What's along with the rest of the people in the theater, like unable to stop. But agony was one of those times. The part where he just like throws himself on this on the top of this waterfall and like rips his shirt open—it was I died i perished it's a perfect moment it's a perfect moment and that was the first time i had ever like known who chris pine was as a person and um what an introduction
0: really you hadn't seen star trek
1: no well i had maybe no i think i saw that after which then gave me the power of watching it and being like
0: yes chris pine but... there you go that's a good that's a good power right there <laughs> so in terms of productions of into the woods over the years i mean besides the whole junior production that high schools can put on that you <laughs> opted out of uh we have the original broadway production um which again starred bernadette peters as the witch oh. which is is which very interesting it got nominated for a bunch of tonys but and it only won three because it only was this,
1: three tonys
0: but like you would think <laughs> that maybe you get more right same year as fan of the opera oh man But considering that, and it still managed to win for, I think, Best Featured Actress, and then I think Best Score, and one other thing, which against Phantom is pretty good. That is pretty good. I also just, I, in terms of quality,
1: I think Into the Woods is miles and miles above Phantom, but that is a personal opinion
0: that other people are mad at me for. I would have to agree with you there. <laughs> I've I've seen Phantom on Broadway, and I've not seen Into the Woods live. but mm. And I would say that I can understand why Phantom has been on Broadway for so long. It just passed its 30th anniversary. Congratulations. Ooh. Um, it's the longest running show on Broadway. It is certainly is a spectacle. It's very engaging to see. It appeals to a lot of people, which is very interesting because it's super creepy. Right. But I think in terms of complexity and music especially that into the woods is significantly better yeah absolutely i also
1: think that well first of all the the one thing that i do really really appreciate about phantom of the opera is the music i think it's stellar um but i still i still prefer into the woods and also i think in terms of characters who do bad things and the audience is aware that they're problematic and is made by the show to think of them as problematic uh into the woods kind of wins in that way i have a lot of problems with the phantom being kind of like idolized in phantom of the opera but that is a whole nother episode it is we already
0: did that one linked in the description (laughs) it is a
1: past episode
0: (laughs) yeah no and the music and the music from phantom is of course it's great Mm. but i personally like i like sondheim music in general for i just like i'm really into the complexity of it and it relies less on um giant themes and more on more subtle ideas it also relies I... less on a 80s synth yeah that's a big feature <laughs> <laughs> yeah no shade to phantom except like the actual like phantom shade mm-hmm. to him shame shame and shade no no shade to the show <laughs> But yes, Into the Woods did manage to win Best Book and Best Score out from under Phantom, even though Phantom won Best Musical, which is always interesting hmm. when something else wins Book and Score, but it still wins Best Musical. Right. Like, what else are
1: you judging it on?
0: Um, I mean, I, I guess, guess that... there are a lot of things. I guess
1: it's layered, but yeah, you know, I'll be mad about this until I die.
0: Well, this is a thing that I think about now is when you have two shows that really go head to head at the Tonys. This is something I was thinking about on Smash. For those of you who have seen Smash, I'm going to reference this probably every episode of this season (laughs) of the podcast. But anyway, um, and then you you compare like which awards they won and which one won best musical and can kind of tell you what won it for them because it was like, so clearly like they thought that the source material, the book and score of Into the Woods was better, but they thought the production of Phantom was better because they won things like the best um actors and actresses and direction and and design and stuff like this that really got it for them right
1: and to be fair to phantom it is the one that is still on broadway so there's that
0: yeah every time shows don't win awards like how avenue q won best musical instead of wicked but like wicked is still running so who's laughing now (laughs) no (laughs) justice for into the woods you're here to hear first guys we're starting a hashtag (laughs) justice hashtag justice numeral four into the woods (laughs) with a z (laughs) yes
1: yeah no into the woods woods is the far better show but i can see why like phantom would be a longer running on broadway
0: i like how we've gone from no shade to phantom it's a good show too into (laughs) the woods is far better Is this going to be the new thing? Like, you just ask someone, are you an Into the Woods person or a fan of the opera person? I'm going to lose so many friends this way. Or are you a normal person (laughs) who doesn't know how to answer this question? Oops.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What year was that, that those Tonys happened? I believe it was 1988. Yeah, so maybe normal people are the kinds of people who aren't still mad about this. (laughs) Who, like, weren't even alive when this happened. (laughs) I'm feeling personally attacked right now. (laughs) I mean, like, same. The only musical that I care about disliking more than Phantom of the Opera is Cats. I hate everything about Cats except that one song. I like Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, Memory is such I sang that song at my great-grandmother's funeral. (gasps) Um, But everything else about Cats is absolutely ridiculous, and I will not abide it. At least Phantom's music is good.
0: You really don't like Andrew Lloyd Webber, huh?
1: Yeah, I think there's a theme here.
0: <laughs> there's also been a lot of other productions of Into the Woods. Obviously, after it ended up going off Broadway and or not. It after it left Broadway, <laughs> um I mean, of course they had touring productions and a London production. They also ended up having a 2002 Broadway revival, which is pretty cool. Um I don't usually I recognize a lot of names from these kinds of things, and maybe it's just a fault in my self-education of Broadway musicals, but I didn't really know anyone from this except for Laura Benanti as Cinderella. To be fair, we were six at the time. That's true. (laughs) And I mean, Um, like, I knew Bernadette Peters from the original, and I think that's all you really have to know. for the sake of uh
1: transparency we're currently looking at the wikipedia page about this revival you the know one thing i do recognize... you could have we could have <laughs> pretended that we had we're so smart and we just memorized the whole thing <laughs> the the one thing i do recognize from this page is the broadhurst theater which is where i saw both tucker everlasting and anastasia so that's a good theater
0: that's really cool that's I all i got <laughs> i never really started thinking about theaters until pretty recently but then Oh this is a, like a this is such a braggy story but I it's also really cute is so I went to see Hamilton um Aww. in between season 1 and season 2 of this show and Manny Gonzalez was playing um Angelica and I saw Manny Gonzalez as Nina and in, in the Heights Aww. 10 years previously Aww. in the same theater. Oh my god, it, it's just Lynn's Theater now. I know I also should have seen we actually got our old in the heights play ball recently to figure out who was in it because now we know all these people and we're like so many of them are in Hamilton now it's hilarious. Oh um, also Christopher Rodriguez who is in various things and was in the ensemble and in the heights when I went to see I it apparently. What did you say Christopher Rodriguez? Yeah I love Christopher Rodriguez. <laughs> um, but Javier Munoz was playing you snobby when we went to see in the heights but he was not there was an understudy in for him on the day that Aww. we were there so i did not see him but he was playing hamilton it was actually his last weekend as hamilton when i went to see it so that was all cool that was a big redirection but anyway theaters are cool it felt very circular so that's the first broadway show i ever saw and the most recent broadway show that i've seen Aww. had the same starring actress and the same theater
1: yeah i threw a giant twist of fate over the summer and this is still off topic um god i ended up seeing aladdin And then I saw Hamilton the very next day and the person who originated the role of the genie in Aladdin had just moved to being Lafayette in Hamilton and like Lafayette slash Jefferson. So like I first saw the show, saw the show that he like originated a role in and then the next day saw him in like his new role. James Monroe Iglehart. That's his name.
0: Yes. Uh, Yes. He was also Lafayette when I was there and he is great. He's incredible. But anyway, the Broadway revival of this didn't actually end up winning that many awards, but it did win. It got nominated for a ton, but it ended up winning basically no Tonys except for Best Revival of a Musical. So um, apparently some other shows in 2002 really beat it out, but it got Best Revival, so that's good. Yeah, there's also nothing quite like the original. No, in this are. case <laughs> <laughs> okay yes content a statement because some revivals really do elevate that experience that's completely true <laughs> but i would probably in this case i don't know i'm not familiar with the revival at all <laughs> yeah and to come full circle with this uh meryl streep was actually nominated for an oscar for her portrayal of the witch in the movie which i mean meryl streep could sneeze and get nominated for an academy award but it's still pretty great <laughs> it was a pretty amazing performance
1: by all of the people in the movie in fact, I think even Little Red Riding Hood, I forget her name again, but the girl who played her in the movie um had just like come off Broadway as Annie.
0: Uh, so it makes was just sense. like it was a
1: really great cast.
0: But yes, I would recommend in general seeing the movie. I think that it's pretty good investment. Other people might not agree with me out there, but that's fine. <laughs> um and I would also recommend of course going and checking out the films mm-hmm almost original broadway cast version which is always great when that's available it used to be on netflix but i don't think it is anymore yes but it is definitely still out there i think you can get it on amazon and other places i did not suggest finding it through free means but it it might possibly be available on some certain mainstream video sites you didn't hear that here kids i'm not endorsing any illegal activity of any kind all right rachel uh are you ready for the lightning round
1: I am eternally stressed out by the lightning round, but I, yes,
0: I am ready. All right, let's do it. Your favorite song? Your fault. Favorite line?
1: Oh my God. Um, When they're trying to figure out what the monster could be and someone suggests Manticore and the witch goes imaginary and then they say Griffin and she goes extinct because how is one imaginary and the other one extinct? It's my favorite line.
0: Nice. I like that one too. Your favorite character?
1: Oh, The Baker's Wife. Or Little Red Riding Hood.
0: If you could play a character in this show, which one would you want to play? Cinderella. Who would you recommend go see this show? Parents.
1: Without your children. Without (laughs) their children. Unless their children are over 14.
0: 14. 13, 12? I'd say this is a PG-13 show. It's a PG-13 kind of show. Yeah. It's not even, it's not graphic or anything. It's just, it's mature.
1: I mean, I guess I was in it at 14, so who am I to talk?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And if you could combine this show with any other musical, which one would you pick and why?
1: I'm just going to go with an easy out and say The Hunchback of Notre Dame, because I think that there are a lot of similar themes, especially with Rapunzel and the witch.
0: That's not an easy out. That's a lovely answer. Thank you. And that's all from us. Woo! Thanks for being on, Rachel. Thank you for inviting me, Quinn. Bye.
1: Bye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye now. Have fun storming the castle. Think it'll
0: work? It'd take a miracle. (laughs) Bye-bye! Thank you for listening to this episode of Corner of the Sky. You can find us online at theincomparable.com slash COTS or follow us on Twitter at podcast. If you'd like, you could also review us in Apple Podcasts or recommend us in Overcast. Until next time, be careful what you wish for.